And it's like deprogramming somebody that has been in the cults. Cults are very controlling. They seek to control every area of life. They operate, of course, on the basis of guilt to make people to be obedient to their religion. They dictate social life. They even control the home, the inner circle, the people that you fellowship with, your diet, your dress. So many things are controlled by the cult. And then, of course, they want to prevent exposure to other influences so that you are locked in. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and I want to sincerely thank you for joining with us on the program here today. And I trust the Lord will continue to bless and continue to work within our hearts and lead us into true, simple, yet glorious faith in our Lord Jesus. The book of Hebrews, well, what a great blessing it has been to minister through this book of the Bible. I cannot say in an exhaustive way. I have not gone through every word, every statement, every verse, but the highlights and the great issues concerning Christian living and the gospel. Oh, what a wonderful exposition this is of the death of the Lord Jesus, as the book of Hebrews parallels and contrasts the Old Testament sacrifice system with the death of the Lord Jesus upon the cross of Calvary. And, of course, the Old Testament uh, sacrificial system was symbolic of Jesus' death. It, it had no power. The blood of animals and beasts had no power to take away sins, but only in, in that they pointed to Jesus, and he was the real priest and the real sacrifice upon the cross. And at Calvary, the Lord Jesus fulfilled both those parts. He was the offering and the offerer, because we read here that he offered up himself upon that cross. And all of this was the purpose and plan of God. He is described here in Hebrews 13, verse 20, as the God of peace, the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. What a great doxology at the end of this uh, treatment of the gospel in the book of Hebrews. I trust that this will be written on your heart, and as we go to our pulpit ministry today, that the Lord will write this upon your heart and bless you. At the close of the program, we'll have another segment on Don't Miss the Cross. As we come up to the Easter season and think of our Lord's death upon that cruel tree, let us study, reflect, and meditate upon what our Lord Jesus was accomplishing there on that cross. So stay tuned with us right through our program today. We'll give you all the announcements at the end, but now stay tuned as we let the Bible speak. 
Here we have tonight in Hebrews 17 to 20, the very last words of the apostle in this letter to the Hebrews. Now, a man's last words are all important. And of course, in a letter, you always try to put your final position clearly, succinctly, and get the message over. Now, if you have followed along in the message of this book, you will know that the apostle is ministering to people who have a sense of bondage to Judaism. And it's like deprogramming somebody that has been in the cults. Cults are very controlling. They seek to control every area of life. They operate, of course, on the basis of guilt to make people to be obedient to their religion. They dictate social life. They even control the home, the inner circle, the people that you fellowship with, your diet, your dress. So many things are controlled by the cult. And then, of course, they want to prevent exposure to other influences so that you are locked in. That's why Jehovah's Witnesses will give you their literature, but they don't want to take yours because they really are not allowed to take other people's literature. Now, to come out of that environment where a cult is controlling you takes conviction, it takes courage, and it demands that you are converted firmly and truly by the Spirit of God. And that is the situation to which Paul is addressing in this letter. These people are not to go back to Judaism, not to go back to Levitical worship, not to go back to temple worship and so on. They are to look firmly only unto the Lord Jesus. Now, when you come out of a vacuum, uh, sorry, when you come out of a cult, you don't want to go into a vacuum. You don't want to just go into emptiness. You want to go into something where there is care, where there is fellowship, where there is loving, gracious, Christ-like ministry. And you'll see that the apostle ministers to this. He addresses this need, firstly in verse 17, when he talks about under-shepherds. Obey them that have the rule over you. And in verse 17, he's dealing with, you no longer have priests, you no longer have the Levitical controlling factors in your life. You are now in the New Testament church under the care of those who watch for your soul. And then in verse 20, there is the great shepherd that is referred to, the great shepherd who has been raised again from the dead by whom we have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And so every convert to Christ needs to know that they are not abandoned, not left alone. They have the fellowship and they have the care of God's people and of the Lord himself as that great shepherd of the sheep. Souls need watching. If you go back to verse 9, uh, you will notice the warning, be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. 
There are wolves in sheep's clothing. There are dangers to the sheep. And you'll see here in this passage that Christians are considered as sheep. Now, sheep do best in congregations. They do best in flocks. And, of course, Christians, likewise, they need the fellowship. Now, if you see a lone sheep in a field and it's just wandering by itself, you may treat it with suspicion, something wrong. It's not with the flock. It's a loner. It's lost out somehow. It might be sickly. If it's along the hedge, it might even have its wool caught in the thorns and unable to free itself. Or maybe there is uh, damage done to it by wild beasts, and it's bleeding and dying and unwell. We would say the same thing for the lone person who professes Christ, and they have no interest in church fellowship, no interest in God's people, no interest in the ministry of the gospel. And we would say there must be something wrong. There's no hunger for the Word. There's no delight in fellowship and worship. They just want to be alone. Now, they might be alone with their Bible. They might be alone in their prayer closet. They might be walking and doing many of the right things. But if they're not in fellowship in a New Testament church, there will be a loss of something. And so, here is the care that the Lord has instituted. There's the care of under-shepherds, verse 17, and then there's the great shepherd. That is verse 20. So, we start here with the care of the under-shepherds. These are the pastors or elders of the church. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. Now, I want you to notice in this passage the people who are to be shepherded. And if you start at verse 12 and go right down these verses, you'll see firstly in verse 12 that they are the blood-bought. In verse 12, wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood. And here is one that needs to be in the fellowship of the church. The blood-bought are the true sheep. They are not goats. They are not false if they have been washed and redeemed by the blood. Then verse 13, those who are separated unto Christ. They have come out. They have joined the Lord outside the camp, bearing his reproach. Now, those people that are bearing the reproach of the world, they need the friendship of God's people and they need to know the care of the family of God within the church. In verse 14, you will see that these are striving for the heavenly city. For we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. And this is the language of pilgrims. This world is not my home. We are just passing through and we're seeking that eternal city. People with that attitude, I don't belong in this world. They are the people that the Lord puts within his church that they will be ministered to and that they will be cared for. 
Verse 15 and 16, you'll notice also that these people serve sacrificially. They don't have the consumer attitude. They don't come to church just to find out what they can get, but rather they come to give. They offer the sacrifice of praise. And then, of course, in verse 16, they do good, and they communicate, they participate in the ministry. And with that, with those sacrifices, God is well pleased. Now, if that is you, if that description of these uh, Christians, those who are blood-bought, who are separated from the world, bearing the reproach of Christ, if you also are, have the attitude that you're a pilgrim, that you're passing through this world, you're preparing for glory, and you want your life to be a living sacrifice, then welcome to the church. Welcome to the place where you are built into the family of God. Now, you'll also see in this verse 17 the manner of their shepherding. As for souls of eternal value, for they watch for your souls. Not just temporary ministry, not just for the body, but also for the soul. You'll notice the manner in which these under-shepherds labor, that they do so sleeplessly. The word watch there has that meaning. They do so sleeplessly. They watch. And it is the task, the burden of the faithful, godly pastor and elders that they watch out and seek to protect the people of God from those dangers and those ways of the world. And of course, that when people welcome that and say, uh, we uh, rejoice in the fellowship and the guidance, the direction, the ministry of God's Word, when all of those things come together and work like clockwork, you'll notice then it says that they do so with joy and not with grief. Sheep that are worried are not very pleasant. Sheep that are attacked by dogs and uh, on the defensive, well, they don't do well. They're unmanageable. They don't feed properly. They don't rest. They just feel they lose their shine. And you'll see that in the church of the Lord Jesus— that the pastoral work is to be done with joy, to see the prosperity, the blessing, and the encouragement of God's people. We must also give account. In that verse 17, it says, for their souls, as they that must give account. We're just under shepherds. We give account to the great shepherd, and our work is to truly care for the people, not partially, not with partiality, not with uh, some uh, lording influence, but rather with love and care for the sheep. We're also to do so by example. You'll notice there um, in the verse 17, they that do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable. Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience 
in all things, willing to live honestly. Now, that is the leadership, the pastor, the eldership of the church. Uh, They walk honestly, and they minister to the flock by example. And that is the greatest ministry of all. It's not what we say, it's what we do. It's not just our words, it's our walk, our life example that counts as we seek to be God's minister to his people. And then in verse 19, you'll notice that we do so as personally present. The apostle said, but I beseech you the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. And that's why he had to write this letter, because he was not present. There was a distance and time between the people and the pastor. And so his prayer, and he asked the people to pray for this, that he might be restored to them sooner. And so the pastor should be in the midst. He should be walking in the fellowship of the congregation. And in doing that, he becomes an encouragement to the people. Now, in the book of Jeremiah 3, verse 15, we have that promised, I will give you shepherds or or pastors after my own heart. And we need to pray that today in the Lord's church, God will raise up men and pastors and elders who will truly care for the flock. You remember how the Lord Jesus in Matthew 9 when he saw the, the people as sheep scattered without a shepherd, that he was filled with compassion for those sheep. And we wonder in Canada, as the Lord looks upon the cities and the towns of this country, and there are people without a pastor, without a, a shepherd, without the gospel, then the Lord surely has great compassion. And we need to pray that God will send men and raise up churches where Christians will be shepherded and guided into the truth and the fellowship of God's church.
Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. We come again with another theme on Don't Miss the Cross. You miss the cross if you try to repeat or add to the work of the Lord Jesus in His one death. One of the Lord's seven cries from the cross of Calvary while He was dying for sinners was this, It is finished! Just one word in Greek. Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Teleo. It is the same word for accomplished. In John's gospel narrative, he used teleo when he wrote, After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished. That is, that they were completed. We learn from this that the Lord was conscious of fulfilling the Old Testament prophecies, which were the will of God for him. Nothing at that cross was a coincidence or a mistake. Rather, it was the eternal will of God carried out by the Lord Jesus acting as our Savior. In fact, he was acting as our priest, which was one of the offices of Christ, acting as mediator of the covenant of grace. When Jesus cried out, it is finished, Therefore, he was declaring that all the work of a suffering Savior, offering himself as a sacrifice, was completed. His life, his body, his blood were rendered up to God as a substitutionary offering in the place of his people. Yes, Jesus took our place and died in our stead. God the Father laid upon Jesus to be our sin-bearer, and he completed the task. He tore down every barrier against us and opened up the way for God's grace to flow into our lives. Sin was checked, judged, borne away, so as never to be seen again. The Bible talks about our sins being cast away as far as the east is from the west, which, by the way, never meet. So as a justified sinner, saved by the crosswork of Christ, you will never see your sins again. This is wonderful news to the sin-burdened soul. This is glad tidings indeed to all who feel the weight of sin. So, do not make the mistake of adding to the work of Christ, which he accomplished on the cross. Our redemption is truly finished. Our salvation is completely completed, if I may double up on the terms to impress this upon you. The good news is that Jesus did it all. The bad news is that we ruin it all by insisting on even paying even one penny. Grace means nothing from me. It is all done by him, our dear Lord Jesus. So make sure you are trusting, and trusting completely on the work of the cross by rejoicing in the Lord's finished work, which means you renounce your own. As we sing in this beautiful hymn, On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross 
till my trophies at last I lay down, I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown. Oh, that old rugged cross, so despised by the world, has a wondrous attraction to me, for the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. In that old rugged cross, stained with blood so divine, a wondrous beauty I see, for twas on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. To the old rugged cross I will ever be true, its shame and reproach gladly bear. Then he'll call me some day to my home far away, where his glory forever I'll share. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view 
to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Mm-hmm.